a girl color. A girl color. <laughs> hey, I flagged in here when no one else is around. The gold, I, I chose the gold flag. That's right, yeah. I used the gold one and I, I waved it over all the chairs, declaring all of our people that would sit in these chairs would wake up to their royal identity in Christ. So, but no one was around to watch me either. Just me and Daddy God. And he thought it was cool. That's right. Oops. Well, this is us. This is it. Is that a TV show? This is us. It probably is. You guys can always come up and closer if you want. We'll just take this first little half circle. It's just, it's just us. This is like our prayer meeting that we normally have. We got a lot of people that are. No, Ed's not picking her up tonight. He's not. No, he's just wiped out. Oh, gotcha. Let's see. We'll delete the KFC app while I'm pushing down on it. Too cold up here. Where's Mikey? Working. Work? He was working. He's not working now. Oh. He just woke up. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> That's that. He's got a testimony to tell you about his work. Yeah. He's got his connection. Awesome. Yes. Oh, that's exciting. Awesome. That's awesome. Future. Awesome. They all got They were all going crazy, having a nervous breakdown in the kitchen. Wow. And Mikey's like the only one that they would look up to for, you know, all this time they didn't care. But because he was the only one that was, you know, shaking about all this stuff that's happening. Hmm. That's awesome. I can't wait to hear that. Oh, that is great. awesome. I thought it was going to be a testimony about the good deal he got on that gun. <laughs> oh, he's going to probably tell you that first. <laughs> he sent a picture of everything. Did he, did he send you a picture? Yeah. yeah. I was like, uh, look what Mikey just got. <laughs> nice. He just sent everybody a picture. That's so yeah. funny. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Oh, That's good. I just feel for him having to sweat it out in that kitchen because I know they don't have air conditioning back there. And, oh, it's terrible. He works at the Belmont. Oh, Staffordshire, is that? I think it's Belmont Terrace. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Sorry, I have to silence my phone. Got a text message from Marilyn. I'll have to read that later. Yeah. <laughs> you remember Marilyn? Just briefly. They, her, anyway, yeah. The, those ladies that had come in. No, I don't. 
She's the she's the little Greek fireball. Anyway, she's we've stayed in stayed in communication. You know, COVID COVID just shook a lot of people. Shook up people, caused people to question what's the right thing to do. What should we not do? Do I, you know, take precautions? Do I treat this as a deadly virus that could kill anyone, including me, or do I just, you know, throw off all restraint? There's a spectrum that all of us had to walk through and wrestle through, and unfortunately, it it just came to a thing where a lot of people chose to go different directions because of it. A lot of churches fell apart and quit. Other churches grew because they refused to shut their doors. We'll be one of those. <laughs> that I don't know. We will never shut our doors. No. Yeah. We, yeah. Yep. we did for six weeks, but we were moving. Mario's. As soon as President Trump said, I mean churches. His traveling show. <laughs> awesome. You know, I, I was kind of calling it that just for fun, but yeah. His, his traveling ministry. Sure, you don't want to come sit up here? Okay. Okay. I just was trying to encourage her to come closer. But... Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, she's good. She's been doing good. Yeah. She's a happy little Greek lady. Got two devices to juggle here now. I got this one open for a scripture because we're going to read a, a Bible verse. Once Barbara's done talking. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was just waiting to catch Isaac. <laughs> no. No, it's good. It's a nice quiet night tonight. Yeah. We can have a lot of fun, but we should worship because that's going to be the, the best part of the evening, I yeah. think, is when we worship together. Yeah. I'll pop that up there um, just in case you didn't know. We're going to have the prophetic training class. And these are not the real prices. I found them cheaper. So. Those are the Bethel bookstore prices. So. Don't buy from Bethel bookstore. They're too expensive. So. And you can get the ebook on Kindle for 99 cents. And we're going to so. order the books, so if you don't have to order them on your own, I'm going to put in an order this evening before we leave. So oh, you're going to remember that? I'm going to remember awesome. that. Awesome. Good. I'm declaring that. Good I'm for going her. to remember that. <laughs> so, in case, so it's an eight-week course, and it's just um, some people in the room are very comfortable and flowing in their prophetic I've been doing it for years some have really stepped into a new beginning regarding hearing God's voice and understanding how to distinguish his voice so for us it's just something we felt for a long time would be helpful as a church to take a core of people who want to go on the journey through the course so that we're all kind of on the same page um, kind of like what we were talking about earlier the thing that we love about Chris Vallotton's training, um, he as a prophet over the house, uh, over the Bethel Church house, and their school of ministry, which has thousands of people come every year from around the world, he has trained and equipped people in the prophetic for years now. 
And some of his angles of approaching things have been really helpful, like like how to deal with a bad word. Like when you get a, a prophetic word, someone gives you a prophetic word that is just, you don't feel like it's God. So it's important to teach and to um, not just teach people, but to establish a culture in the church of how we welcome the prophetic, how we learn how to um, weigh it so that when the prophetic words are released, it automatically comes to people with this attitude of, well, okay, this is good. I'm expecting good stuff from God in this. And then you receive the word and then you weigh it. And then it's your choice as the recipient of that word to take it and receive it or flush it. Because we prophesy in part and we know in part. And we are, in, we are told in the word of God not to despise prophecy, but to weigh it. So we want to weigh it. And so that's part of the training is, is uh, teaching people how to flush. How many of us know in a house it's important to flush and to get everyone else in the house? Or put it on the shelf. Or put it on the shelf, yeah. Right. Well, when there's there, so that's another aspect too, is knowing when the word is for now and when the word is a future word. But there are those times where when the word is definitely it's coming through a filter, you know. And and there some people will be really sharp and accurate. Other people, because we want to encourage the prophetic, some of us who are newer at, at giving prophetic words. Our filter might not necessarily be removed fully when God is releasing a word and then we deliver it. So teaching people how to, how to deliver a prophetic word, how to have a prophetic etiquette, um, how to know when to sit on a word, how to know when you're hearing God's voice if it's actually meant for you to speak it out or is it meant for you to be intercess an intercessor and praying over what he's showing you. Because not everything that he drops in our spirit is meant to be come to a microphone and release that word to a person in the crowd if it's something that's going to backfire. I don't know. You can create all kinds of ideas in your mind of how a prophetic word can, you know, that wasn't meant to be released publicly to a person in front of a crowd where, versus just praying for that person because he wants you to go to war for them. Does that, that make sense? So anyway, the curriculum covers all that yep. stuff. And if you need help, we would rather help you with the cost of it than you not show up. So because we want everyone on the same exactly. page, and this is just a really important thing. Am I putting you down? You're, uh, am I putting you on here on my list? Can I just get the, the book and not the guide? Yes. I think so. Yes. You mean the manual? You want the big workbook? No. You don't want the. Don't workbook. want the workbook. No. Yes, you can have just one of them. It yeah. doesn't matter. Okay. So. Yeah, that's totally there fine to go. do that. So awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. All right. So there's that. And then, of course, Thursday evenings are prayer, but this Wednesday or Thursday evening we will not be here. And the following, these next two Thursdays oh, that's we right. won't be here. So you show up, we won't be here. So we're just going to fall apart while you guys go have fun? Well, you better keep praying. Keep praying. <laughs> <laughs> and no, it's not. <laughs> I would like to get things to a place where, you know, if we have someone who wants to take charge of the prophetic intercessory evenings, that they would actually be able to have a key and come on in and know how to turn things on and, and host 
the prayer time and then successfully lock the building up so that something's not left unlocked and yeah so that that would be something that we can look into because we don't want to always be the ones that have to do you know everything Actually, the following Sunday night. Sunday night after church next Sunday we are leaving. Yeah, kids are. We'll be both Sundays. Yeah. Church is on. We're not canceling any Sundays. We made sure our vacation plans did not right affect our Sunday gathering. So. Yeah, but we will be flying out Sunday night when the kids go home, and we're gonna try to sleep on a plane, and then land in Florida early in the morning because you know. The, the clock moves forward really fast when you're flying east. <laughs> so we might be getting on the plane at 10 o'clock at night, but by the time we get there six hours later, it's going to be like 8.30 in the morning. So 7.30. 7.30. We're going to Florida. Oh. Just the two of us, but we're taking these guys to Vegas on... Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh. We're three days, so... Yep. Swim in the pool and eat good food, and that'll be fun. Awesome. Lounge in the heat. All right. Oh, yes. We have your ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag me too. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we get ready to worship? Church. Man, this is so weird tonight. It's kind of quiet. I know. We haven't had a group this long. That's right. What happened? Somebody say bad stuff and then they all left. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't even worry about that kind of thing. Okay. Well, I'll read some scripture and then we can stand and worship and We'll yeah. see what we do after that, yeah. right? This is going to fire you up a little bit, okay? This is Psalm 2. I'm going to read all of Psalm chapter 2 and then two verses in Psalm 8. This, this psalm speaks to what we're going through right now in our nation and in our world. If you didn't know it, if you're not paying attention, all hell is breaking loose across the earth. It's been doing that for quite a long time now anyway for probably at least six to seven thousand years seven depending on how old the earth is in your mind millions whatever um, but all hell is is definitely has broken loose from the beginning of time and it's ramping up right now we are ramping up and the stage is being set for what we see in the in the prophecies in scripture that are just the beginning stage settings for what would we, we would consider end times scenario. It could be another couple hundred years. We don't know. This could get a lot of pushback from what we're seeing in our nation right now. And um, America is the nation that God seems to put on the forefront of the world stage as the nation that sets the, sets the tone. So if we as a nation cave in and lose our freedom, the rest of the world's going to follow. It's going to just fall and follow but if we as a nation which I believe we are a nation filled with strong patriotic freedom loving constitution loving Americans then that's our hope because when people refuse to be silent and refuse to just submit to these tyrannies of rulers this tyrannical leadership just heard it today and if you if you want to know where Tammy and I are which you guys already know um, <laughs> we just today listened to uh, Charlie. Charlie Kirk speaking at a church in Arizona and he just lays it out you know 
the church's place when it when it comes to oh my goodness you're here you made it <laughs> god's like they're a little discouraged because there's not hardly anyone there tonight we better make sure pam gets there <laughs> and there she is who knows who else is going to trickle in? i bet you tao will show up too oh, she let's will. just watch and see <laughs> she will she'll trickle in late okay anyway so if you if you want to know a really good snapshot of how we as church leaders view the future of our church and how we want to deal with things listen to charlie kirk's podcast from today charlie kirk k-r-r-k charlie kirk charlie is a believer who leads turning point usa and it's an international not international it's a national um movement where they establish their what do they call them just their their groups all across every city i think has a turning point chapter so they establish their chapters it's like a high school to college age movement raising up people who understand what our nation was built on and how to fight for it and keep fighting for it charlie kirk's pretty awesome so It was an awesome podcast. It was an awesome encouragement. He uh, interviews the pastor of his church who made the decision last April not to close their doors with the threats of losing, being sued because they had been giving, given um, a restraining order to not have any church services. And with their members. And I think 100 of their members or more. more. Uh, at least 100 of their members, they all re- re- received restraining orders with a threat of, of penalties and being taken to court and sued if they broke those uh, restraining orders. So, Arizona. I can't remember the name of the church, but it's all on the podcast if you want to listen to it. Or if you really want to hear it, I can send you a link later. Um, so he prayed with his, he talked with his wife. And what was her response? I would rather be she a said, widow. I would rather be a widow than be married to a coward. A coward. So that answered his question with his wife. <laughs> he spoke to his children, who are all believers, and many of them are, are part of his church, I believe. Yeah. And they were like, we've, we've been ready for this. We're on board. This is the threat of losing their home. Like, they could have lost their home, the church building. He could have been put in jail and faced massive fines. Then he approached his leadership team. They were all on board with going forward. And then his eldership team. And then the elders. And again, the same on thing. And, and then the final, final person was this Texan who gave them the use of the building. He wanted to give the building to them initially, but they didn't want it. They didn't want to own property. They just wanted to have the freedom to just lease a space. And so this believer who really in his heart was to give them this, this facility, uh, they presented it to him. And he said, I chose to give this building to, to, that, to your ministry way back then. You go forward with what you're going to do. So anyway, long story short, they, they fought the fight, and they had a victory in all of that. The government backed off. They, they uh, removed all threats of penalties. They did everything that they could do that was in their ability to do things the right way, but they refused to shut down the church. So, yeah. And so to hear him share that testimony as, we, as we're moving forward to what is looking like more lockdowns, 
So I, I'm not prophesying doom and gloom, but lockdowns are probably coming. They're not done. If you look around the, the world right now, they are heavily being locked down. And I'm not trying to scare the kids either because this isn't about, we're going to talk about maybe for a minute here the, the scary stuff, but then we're going to read the word of God and we're going to worship our way through this. So in many different places around the world, there are protests that you will not see on the mainstream news media. You won't see all the people in Canada flooding the streets, resisting their, pass, their vaccine passports, or the people in Paris, thousands upon thousands. In Hawaii, awesome, awesome. Wow. So the push is that there would be vaccine passports that everyone would be forced, mandated to take the jab, but we as Americans, know that that is unconstitutional, that we should never be forced to take some medical experiment, and it is an experimental vaccine, to be forced to take that. It should be your choice. It has to be your choice. Yeah. But in other... There is, yeah. But it yeah. comes down to medical freedom and choice. If people choose to do that, good, let them do that. Yeah. And if people choose not to, good, let them do that. So... It just needs to be choice. Interstate travel. Yep. Not yet, but yes. There's a push. And so this is what we're experiencing in our country right now and in the world is a grab for power. This goes, most people believe that this goes beyond our government leaders, that this is people in the world that are, some call it the cabal, some call it the whatever. You know, there's this, this group, Illuminati, a group of wealthy people that would like to take control of the earth. And there are, some of them are Americans and some of them are Europeans. And some of those names we all know, like Bill Gates, and George Soros, and others. They, they would like to do a whole global reset and take the economy of the world and be in control of it and thin the herd by whatever means that they have to do. I don't want to get scary stuff because I don't want to talk about things that I can't, you know, give. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. That's right. In the name of Jesus. So we need to know what is going to happen. I thank God that you are speaking out in that way too and letting the people kind of know, you know, yeah. without any fear. Yeah. Right. Because we know who is within us. That's right. And he's greater than anybody else. And that's why I, I, I know I'm, I'm thinking with it. No, no. I just good. That's right. So, um, I mean, that's what I tell them, what I preach, I preach it to them. I say, you know what? 
Yeah. One that's in me is greater than he that's in the world. That's right. That's right. There's a fire in our bones. There's a fire in our bones. And we have to tell. So, so what we get the privilege of doing as believers is we get to pull others into our peace. We can, we can bring them to yes. Jesus. We can lead them into the place of peace because no matter what happens around us, stuff could go really crazy. But even in the middle of that, we have, we have peace. We have protection. We have all of heaven is on our side because Jesus said, I will build my church, my ecclesia. Yes. which is the governing yes. legislative body of Christ on the earth. He will build his governing people on the earth and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Amen. So if the church, as the church, not if, as the church wakes up to our place in the world as the legislators of heaven, as the governors, as the ambassadors of the kingdom of God, releasing his kingdom on earth just as it is in heaven with the help of the angels with the help of supernatural holy spirit power flowing in and through us yes. we have authority over sickness over demons over all of the all of the forces of hell yeah. so we are set believers we should be the happiest and most content people and not fearful of anything that can come yeah. That doesn't mean that we don't cringe if something really bad is happening. You know, if, if, if we were in Kabul right now, Kabul, Kabul, over there in Afghanistan, if we were there and you watched your family being taken, yeah, you should be shaken if your family members are being tortured and killed in front of you. And that kind of thing happens even where believers are at. But we, are, we should be so thankful because of our nation that we don't have that bad of a situation. But it's our, it's our time, yeah, yet, hopefully not ever, but it's our time to take a stand and fight for what we do have. Yes. Because we are a nation that are governed by we the people. The government works for us. We pay them. They take our tax money to do what they do. They are supposed to be elected and put there by our choice and by our approval and permission. And if they begin to go against what we've hired them basically to do then we have the authority we should have the authority to lock them remove them yeah lock them up throw away the key yeah. <laughs> psalms 91 every day when you read it it's deeper and deeper i mean you see how protected you are yeah when you're in the habitation of the most high yeah. yes and that's
gifts that he's given you, it will start operating signs and wonders will happen. It will. Mm -hmm. People will get healed, you know, delivered, set free. But when you walk into a room, you will change the atmosphere. So that means like in workplace, even the church, wherever you walk into a grocery store, the atmosphere will change just in your, your presence. Yep. And that's not like nothing to be, that's not a prideful thing. No. That's just what you carry. It's truth. You yeah. carry yes. that anointing in you. Yep. But we have to believe it and know it and operate in it. That's right. And I believe that's what's happening now. Many, yeah. many of the Lord is saying it's time. Step yeah. out. Step mm -hmm. out of that comfort zone and do what oh, I yeah. tell you to do. Yeah. So, that's right. Yeah. 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 Just, it's know. the awakening. The church is awakening. Yeah. We're awakening to who we are in Christ and who is in us. I, I love that scripture that says, it's a great picture, that scripture that says, uh, everywhere you go, where we go, we spread the fragrance of Christ. You are an air freshener. If, and it's funny. It's hilarious. Uh, Todd White first said that, and I was like, that is, I, I could see it. It's like, you're an air freshener. You know how strong an air freshener, sorry, some of us probably don't like them. The good kind, yeah. <laughs> you all know how strong one of those little Christmas trees are. When you rip it out of that package and you hang it in the car, it just permeates the car. You could open the windows and you could probably smell it from 15 feet car. away. I happen to like the smell of them. So. I'm like not my own. <laughs> and if it's the perfect example. You carry the fragrance of Christ yeah, everywhere yeah. you go. Some places to some people who don't believe, who oh, don't receive. Sorry. Um, it's the fragrance of death, Paul said. But to others, to those who are receiving salvation, it's the fragrance of life. That's why when you are a, a believer and you walk into the house of God where, where believers are together, packing in together to worship him and his yeah. presence comes down, it feels so wonderful. Like, I can't wait to get back and do it again. But for the non-believer, it just feels like death to them because it, it makes them feel so uncomfortable with their heart and where they're at because they're not in that. Yeah. Yep, it's that conviction of the spirit. He comes to convict the world regard, regarding sin and, and uh, ju the judgment to come. So yeah, they know that they're wrong with God. And I mean, hopefully they don't stay that way because we would love to say, hey, there's hope. Yeah. Let's look at some scripture and worship. This is, I think, all we're going to do tonight is just uh, chat. But I think this would be fun after we worship tonight. Let's, maybe we can pray a little bit together, like what we would do on a Thursday night. And I think you might think about coming on Thursday nights and yeah, joining this. This lady here is a she's a seasoned intercessor, and <laughs> she wants more vocal people because we're really some of us are really quiet. We even when we pray in tongues, we're just like. Oh, and, and she just is, she's, she feels like she's got to hold back because the rest of us are kind of like, on the no, quiet. And we're like, no, don't hold back. You know, just let us don't have it. the rest of us. So if, 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 Val, if Val joined in on a, on a Thursday night, then the rest of us are going to be like, well, I guess we have to pray louder because <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise we won't be heard. Uh, I just see something good. Exactly. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Be yourself, but there is that place of God breaking off shyness and intimidation. Yeah. So, yeah. not that it's all should be, you know, we don't want to put any labels on any of us. No. Because. I, <laughs> I know. But 
Okay, so let's read a scripture and then let's worship. Are you guys ready to worship? Yes. Yes? yes. All right, me too. Okay, so Psalm chapter 2, and I'm going to read this with a little bit of passion, not because it's the Passion Translation, but because I read it out loud earlier when I was by myself in this room, and I was feeling just the shaking going on inside of me. Do you care if I go sit over here? You're afraid I'm going to spit? No. Okay. Okay, so here we go. Psalm chapter 2. How dare the nations plan a rebellion? Their foolish plots are futile. Or futile? Futile? Either way. Tomato, tomato. Their foolish plots are futile. Look at how the power brokers of the world rise up to hold their summit as the rulers scheme and confer together against Yahweh and his anointed king, saying, let's come together and break away from the creator. Once and for all, let's cast off these controlling chains of God and of his Christ. That is the voice that is the spirit of this age speaking through people right now. Here's the son of God speaking in response. No, this is God. So that was the nations speaking. Here how, here's what God says. God enthroned merely laughs at them. The sovereign one mocks their madness. Then with the fierceness of his fiery anger, he settles the issue and terrifies them to death with these words. I myself have poured out my king on Zion, my holy mountain. The son speaks. I will reveal the eternal purpose of God, for he has decreed over me, you are my, my favored son, and as your father, I have crowned you as my eternal king. Today, I became your father. Ask me to give you the nations, and I will do it. And they shall become your legacy. Your domain will stretch to the ends of the earth, and you will shepherd them with unlimited authority crushing their rebellion as an iron rod smashes jars of clay. The Holy Spirit speaks. Listen to me, all you rebel kings, all you upstart judges of the earth. Learn your lesson while there's still time. Serve and worship the awe-inspiring God. Recognize his greatness and bow before him trembling with reverence in his presence. Fall face down before him and kiss the sun before his anger is roused against you. Remember that his wrath can be quickly kindled, but many blessings are waiting for all who turn aside to hide themselves in him. Many, <laughs> many blessings are waiting for all of us, all, who turn aside and hide themselves in him. So that's what we are doing tonight. We are, again and again, we are turning aside as believers, as sons and daughters of God, as ambassadors of the, of the kingdom of heaven. We, turn, we choose to turn aside from what we see going on. We turn aside from this river of movement that is the way of the world. And we are saying, no, I'm not going to conform to that. I'm not going to get caught up in the, in the flood going in that direction. I am going to turn towards God. I'm going to turn towards heaven.
and I am going to move against the current. I am going to go against the flow and be led by the Spirit of God. I'm going to go up high with him. I'm going to hide myself in him because that's where the blessing's at. So Psalm chapter 8, 1 and 2, and then we're going to worship. We're going to stand up and worship together. You can stand up now if you guys want to and then sit whenever you feel like getting, you're tired. I always, I always hate starting out worship when everyone's sitting. I've, so in the past, we'd have someone else open up the meeting and pray, but they forget to say, okay, everyone stand. And then the worship kicks off and everyone's in their chairs. Like, it's just kind of weird because then the first person's like, well, I got to stand because I feel like I need to. And then one by one. Anyway, so it helps to start out by standing and then sit whenever you feel like it. Psalm chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Yahweh, our sovereign God, your glory streams from the heavens above, filling the earth with the majesty of your name. People everywhere see your splendor. You have built a stronghold by the songs of children. You have built a stronghold by the, by the songs of children. Think about that tonight as we worship. God is building a stronghold. I don't know what that looks like, but he's building a stronghold as we worship by the songs of children. Strength rises up with the chorus of infants. This kind of praise has power to shut Satan's mouth. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. So our worship is powerful. As the song goes, this is how I fight my battles. If you didn't know this by now, this church is a church that loves to worship God because a prophetic word given to me by Teresa, Mother Teresa, she said at the end of our schooling last year, whenever that was, she said, she gave everyone a prophetic word and she's like, I, I have something for you, but I'm just kind of sitting on it. And the only, it was a simple word, but it meant everything to me. She said, I hear God say, you are a son of my praise. That's who I am. I am a worshiper. I, I build by worshiping. I, I establish, the, I release the kingdom as I worship God. And so as a house, I married a woman who was on the worship team. She is a worshiper. That is her, her love of her life is to be a, a worshiper and to lead people into worship. And we get to lead our family, our church family, into worship. So let's just, let's just step in. Let's lean in right now. Father, we just press in. We step from this earthly realm. By faith, we step into the realm of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place, and we step in to who you are. We step into your kingdom. We don't even have to leave the room. We step in. We lean into you tonight. And we welcome your presence. We welcome you to come and just be enthroned. Be enthroned. Inhabit our praises. Let our praise, our worship, be a throne for you to just come and, and dwell upon tonight. Lord, we hunger for you. We long for your presence. We just want to be near you, God. We want to be close to your heartbeat. So we just choose tonight to come into your presence by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb. We thank you for that precious blood, King Jesus. We thank you as our great high priest that you presented your blood before the Father as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. You went before us into the most holy place, into the holy of holies, not with the blood of goats and bulls, but with your own blood to, to procure, to, 
to make forever our atonement, our salvation. It is secure through your blood. We thank you, God, that as, as we recognize your blood, we come into that holy place tonight to lift up praises. Let our worship and our, our prayer and our, our praise be like incense before your throne tonight. We worship you in spirit and in truth. Even now, we just begin to worship you. Lord, we just sing, we just lift up our, our spiritual languages of tongues and of English. Whatever language, God, we worship you tonight. We lift up praise to you. Let it go up before you like incense. Let our worship be a sweet fragrance before you, Lord. Yeah, come and have your way. Come and have your way, King Jesus. We worship you, Lamb of God. Bless your holy name. Lord, you are the miracle-working God, and if there's anyone here today that needs a miracle, please see Scott. Lord, <laughs> yeah. Lord, we just lift you up in the highest place. You deserve all of our praises, all of our songs, all of everything in us lord you were our creator and you created us to love you and to, to joy in you lord and to lift you up and to live in you lord and we just thank you for that privilege we thank you that your son died on the cross that we might have life and have it abundantly and lord we just it, we are encouraged even as we see the days be dark, we are encouraged in you, Lord, because we know that you do win and that you are with us, Lord, and that you will have the victory. And Lord, just let us be part of that victory. And Lord, I just ask that you raise this church up in this neighborhood, in this, in this uh, town, Lord that Bremerton will be known as a place where God resides. Yes, Lord, where you will reside with us. You will bring your glory. There will be healings. There will be miracles. There will be deliverance, Lord. You know who you need to bring here, Lord, for the fivefold, and you uh, know who needs to come to just be part of the body, Lord, who needs healing and deliverance and miracles, Lord. We just thank you that we can count on you, Lord, that you are our rock. You have pulled us out of the miry clay and set our feet upon a rock and put a new song in our mouth, even praises to our God. We thank you, Lord. We just thank you. Amen. Just keep worshiping in prayer for just a minute. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just feel, God, that you're inviting us tonight to prophesy the words of that song. Oh, the miracles we'll see. Oh, the miracles we'll see. We just prophesy that over our church, over the body of Christ in Bremerton, 
over our city. Oh, the miracles you'll see. Too good to not believe. It's the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. Holy one, holy one, come and get the reward. We want to see you get the reward, Lord. We want to see you get the full reward of your sufferings. You paid for it all. It's your blood that has paid it all. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the vast treasure of heaven. Oh, the riches of the glory of your kingdom. How vast the riches of your kingdom. Oh, we just, I feel like we're just sitting in a pile of treasure right now. Just like in the movie, I think it's Goonies, the movie Goonies, where they're just in that, oh, maybe it's a different movie. Aladdin, where they're inside of the, the tiger's mouth, inside of the cave. Just all the treasure, Lord, all of your kingdom treasure. We're just in it right now, Lord. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of heaven is in the Holy Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's healing, there's life and liberty. There's an open heaven, there's access to the Father, to our identity, the one who gives us identity. We praise you, Daddy God, Abba Father. We just address you tonight as your sons and daughters of who you are. You are my dad, you are my father, my papa. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you desire to speak identity over a city that you've given us. You've given us Bremerton as our sphere. That you would speak identity into the hearts of sons and daughters, that they would know whose they are and who they are in you. That they would know the, the wonder and the glory of the price that was paid on the cross. That they would, they would choose to worship the Lamb of God, that they would kiss the Son as we read tonight, that they would kiss the sun, that they would turn towards you and worship because of what you've done. You're so worthy, Jesus. You're so worthy, Lamb of God. You're worthy, Father. You're worthy of our, our ear turned towards your voice and our obedience. You're worthy of it all. Holy Spirit, you're worthy of us following every step you say to, to take every step of the way you're worthy of our obedient our obedient choices we don't want to grieve you holy one you are the spirit of holiness you are the spirit of holiness and we thank you that that you have made us holy that you live inside of us and the blood of jesus has purified us and declared forever that we are holy you have made holy forever those you have made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. sudden I I saw a heaviness and I didn't know what that was I said oh no Lord what is this you know it was like some kind of a living form 
across the sky. I guess it was the sky at that time. I didn't know what, what this was. And it was like dark, smoky, purplish, and like some kind of a, like a living form. I don't know, there's like things under it, you know, coming out like maybe a jellyfish or something. I don't know, it was horrible. And it was just dark and purple. And I went, Lord, what is this? And as we continued to worship, continue to worship and I all of a sudden the Lord said I move it for you and and so it moved and it was moving away and then I saw the blue sky and uh, then I saw this bright light just burst and that thing just evaporated and uh, <laughs> and I thought I thought that was the end I go oh, yay you know that's you Lord but here I saw arms coming out one, one first coming out from where I was looking at. And it was underwater. We are underwater. And people started like popping out and raising their arms to the Lord. That light that just came and just released them from this darkness. And what I saw was uh, like buildings around. I could see the big bright light in the blue sky, but then there was buildings in the in the distance and people were coming out from under the water and now reaching up to the heavens and they were free so that's what I had do you want to do you want to I don't know if you want to share something different than what we talked about earlier but um. So um, I have a health condition, which I won't get into, but uh, I was praying for healing for that on Friday. And the father came and talked to me. And he said he would make a deal with me that if I would begin to love myself even a little bit as much as he loved me, that he would heal me. And if I would do this, it would require some obedience and discipline on my part, of which he knows I'm very capable. And at the end of this, he would give me more wondrous gifts than I could ever imagine. I just wanted to share that. <laughs> You know, I asked Barbara to share that when she told us that earlier uh, before everyone else got here. It just, she won't boast about herself, and I'm not going to boast, but I just, I just want to highlight the fact that there, there's a, a pure birthing of new things in God in Barbara's life. And I am so stoked when I, when I hear these things because she's hearing the voice of the Father more, more clearly than, than I know you said before that, that you've, he's kind of always spoken to you, you believe? So, so it's kind of like you knew the voice was there, but you weren't really acknowledging. I never really heard him. Never heard him. Yeah. 
do you feel like some of that uh, inner healing tools uh, going through the the father ladder type stuff So I just felt like that's that's a really powerful thing, you know, that that the father, that her her daddy God, her Abba Father would tell her that if you can, I, I want to heal you. He, it's his. We know it's the will of God to heal people. Jesus paid for it. He wants to release what Jesus paid for. But I, I think there's this realization that that we we have the ability to block receiving from God, and a key to receiving that healing that she's asking him for is if he's asking her and he's asking you and me if you just would begin to love yourself just a little bit the way I love you like we can't measure his love for us Paul had a revelation of it and he wrote about it in Ephesians he prayed for the church that we would we would have wisdom and revelation that we'd be able to grasp just barely grasp how wide and how high and deep and long is the love of God for us in Christ and that we would be rooted in that love, that we would be rooted in it. Like God's heart is that we would, we would understand his vast, deep love for us so deep that he would send his one and only son to not just die for us. It's easy just to say, oh, he came to die. No, he came to carry the sins of all of creation on himself in his own body on the cross and die, die a sinner's death. He took our sin, the weight, the, the shame of all the sins of the whole world from beginning to end in his own body. That's how much the Father loves you and me that he would send Jesus. Jesus is the, the, the love of God made flesh. Bless you. <laughs> so I just think that's powerful. That, and it speaks to, I think that's a sermon for all of us. Because whether you've walked with Jesus for a short time or a long time, we can be pretty rough on ourselves. We can, we can you know, judge ourselves harshly. And we can, we can lose sight of how much God really does love us. He really does have deep affection for you and me. And I, I know that when we get a revelation, a face-to-face -face in his presence, you know, his presence, his face comes close, and you get a revelation of how deep his love is for you, it messes you up. You end up breaking and weeping, and just everything just falls off. You become undone in his love. So it's not like, it's not dangerous. I don't think it's dangerous at all for us to, to boast about his love or, or try to exaggerate his love for us. Now you can, you can do some weird stuff when you exaggerate his love. Like you can take it in an unhealthy place. Like, well, he loves me so much that I can do whatever I want. Well, that's, that's stupid, right? That's the spirit of stupid. We, we know that that's just not God's heart for us. And it's certain things that we can, lies, I'll just say it for what it is, it's lies that we can believe about God's love and about our freedom 
that can lead us into opening doors and actually closing the door towards receiving his his power and his grace gifts that that he has already paid for for us i don't know does that make sense like we can open the door and it kind of shuts it's like turning the faucet on uh you know we have a little lever on our faucet it can be turned one way to uh, go to one hose and then turn the other way to go to the other hose or, or wide open that's probably not exactly how it works but get the picture right we can as we turn our affections towards the things of the world and the things of the flesh well we're turning off our affection towards god and in a sense we're we're blocking down the pipeline of heaven that is ours like that's your inheritance in christ is this free-flowing pipeline this connection by the holy spirit this connection to the father that's 24 7 communion and receiving strength and life and grace through all because jesus paid for it but we can quench it we can dim it down we can dim down that flame as we release the open door for other stuff things that he said no to it's not like he's a killjoy he wants us to have joy jesus had joy unlimited so anyway i don't mean to go on to a preach but i just just feel like that's just such a good word that barbara heard from him and it freed her and it and it actually set her and it and it will set us on a new journey a, a renewed journey with god if if we get a revelation transformation comes through being renewed through revelation renewing of our thinking and as we are renewed in the spirit of our minds with the truth freedom will come and we all need freedom in measures you might be free but there's still areas that you could be more free in right i mean i'll be the first to say yeah yeah there's always areas of freedom that we need so uh, and the exchange happens when we when we trade lies for truth because the truth if you know the truth the truth will set you free so if you want freedom then you need to know truth in every area of your life that god wants to take you to and you can talk to him on your own barbara's been working through some sozo tools we I sent the videos to her to watch on her own and one of those tools for for deliverance for inner healing is having a conversation in your intimate relationship with god with the father you can come to daddy god papa anytime you want you can just talk to jesus you can just talk to holy spirit if you whoever you are comfortable with in the godhead we have not three gods one god but god is manifest in three persons and they are distinct persons the blessed trinity and you can talk to any one of the members of the godhead because jesus made the way for us jesus is the way to the father so you can come to daddy and you can talk to him because jesus made the way for you and he's poured out the holy spirit you can talk to holy spirit doesn't need to get complicated and confusing just pick one <laughs> but but there are some important things because each member of the godhead even though they're they're distinct in in person but one god they they each do different things in our lives and father god he really does minister to us in our identity he's he's our father he he releases to you and me the spirit of adoption the spirit of sonship that enables us holy spirit enables you and me to call god father which is pretty mind-blowing 
because most of us who've been Christians for years, we just, you know, we, we wholly reverence towards God that, you know, you are master, you are Lord, creator, king of the universe. You know, we're just, we, and those are true things about him. We, we magnify his greatness, but sometimes I, th- I think in our own thinking, we push him so great and, and, and awesome, which he is, to an extent in our own being that we distance ourselves back because we believe things about ourselves that separate us from that, that make us not able to say, you're my dad. But Jesus paid the price for you and me to be sons and daughters. Like when we really get the revelation that you are a daughter of God, a spirit-filled daughter of God Most High, a son of God. Not deity, not saying that you are gods. You have the spirit of God in you and you are a child of God. And all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus who's our big brother. He's not ashamed to call us brother. We'll get into that when we move on into the study of Hebrews that chapter 2 Jesus it says Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers and I always add ancestors especially in this room I got one brother over there my son who's my brother anyway lots of sisters yep and the brothers are coming in fact they would have been here tonight but things happened so yeah, so thank you for sharing that. And thank you, Lord, for giving that, that encounter to Barbara because that speaks to not only her, but it speaks to me, it speaks to all of us. We just want to know your love, Lord. We want to walk in, in your face-to-face communion and love. Afterwards... I just had the feeling because I was wrecked that that I just laid my forehead on his chest and wept. And it was just so intimate and so close that I've never felt that with Father before. It was really such a release. Oh, just, just we had a really long conversation about specifics after that about um, my journey in healing and um, like you know, things I would need to do uh, physically and spiritually to kind of create a, a union and a, just a more intimate relationship. It just uh, we talked about my relationship with Jesus and then the place of the Holy Spirit in my life and and just like sort of like more things to come but he gave me physicians names supplements to take um, exercises to do the right shoes to buy I mean it got really specific and it was it lasted probably about a good hour oh yeah I just felt like he just had his arms around me and I just I had my, afterwards I had my chest, my forehead was literally on his chest and just, I've never felt anything like it before, ever. 
I've never had a father, I've never had a father, even a father figure in my life. So it was a whole new experience. For me, for me, it, it always starts out in worship, <laughs> always. In my apartment, in my apartment. Yeah, listening to worship music um, on my computer and, you know, going into prayer and then asking a lot of questions and a lot of issues have been really raw for me lately, emotionally, and so I was asking for healing in that regard. And uh, just, yes, yes. Yeah, it just, and and I haven't got words for it. It was just, it was more like a feeling than any, anything. And then when I when I asked for healing, then I just heard the voice, and said, I, "I will heal you, Barbara, if you will do something for me, in exchange." And it will require what's that old word? Obedience. <laughs> See, it's not a word that I use. I know it's not mine. <laughs> it would require obedience and discipline. And he know he said, I know you're capable of that. And I said, well, okay, what? And he said, if, you, if I will begin to love myself even a little bit as much as he loves me, he will heal me. And... He will give me more, more, this is the word he used, more wondrous gifts than I can even imagine. So, I was, that's when I put my forehead on his chest and just wept for a long time. And then the conversation continued. That kind of that's pretty much it for now. That's pretty much it. But it's, I mean, definitely there was a there was a door opened there that will never be closed. That that, that oh, there was a door opened that will never be closed in my personal relationship with Father. That I, I can talk to him anytime I ask. As you were talking, I closed my eyes and I could see a waterfall, like this gushing waterfall. And I felt like that was him saying that his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, yeah, it's like this waterfall, it's never ending. It's just, there's so much that you can have, that we can all have. And yeah, it was pretty amazing. And it wasn't like rough waters either, it was like this really gentle waterfall, which I don't know that I've ever seen a gentle waterfall, but it was. And it just was like, just gentle, but like just continuing, and it just was, it was pretty amazing, yeah, so. I want to just, so thank you for going into a little more depth, because the first time you shared it with me, I started getting this laughter, and it was really wrecking me in a good way, and I couldn't stop laughing, and it was just like deep joy, 
And then when you shared it the first time, I was like, that didn't quite have the punch because I think it was not quite as much detail as what you shared the first time. So by you sharing it the second time now with everybody, I don't know if you guys caught more of it, but it's so precious. And the, the reality is for all of us, this is an invitation for, it's, this isn't just for Barbara. This is for you and me. Do you want to share any of your encounters with the Father, with, with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus? I, I can one chair, if you want, no pressure. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. I'll just speak for you, not anything specific, but <clears throat> over the last couple years at least, um, God's been doing new things in you, right? In your relationship with him, he's been opening up more tangible uh, sensory encounters where you actually are hearing and, and knowing his presence, like he's surprising you with heavenly gifts, like a hummingbird flying right in front of your face, and you knew in the moment that it was his gift. Like, Tammy's been asking for the owl that, we've heard lots of owls, but <clears throat> there's owls in our woods, but I'm like, Father, bring an owl to land right on the rail in front of where we sit on the, on the deck, and I, he didn't land on the rail. And I was like, hey, Mr. Howell, because I'm always talking to him when I hear them. The kids are like, Ethan's like, you sound a little crazy right now. I'm like, I know, but it's okay. And I'm like, hi, Mr. Owl. And Belle goes, oh, my gosh, he's looking at you. And he literally turned his head and looked right at me. And I was like, hey there, buddy. What are you doing? I'm out there talking to him like he's a human. And, and then he flew onto the other fence next to us. And I was like, oh, he's getting close. But I know he's scouting out a mouse or something probably. But... I just kept talking to him, and every he would not be looking at me. And every time I talked to him, his head, head would spin around, and he'd look at me, like, "You talking to me?" I'm like, "Yes, can I hug you? I just want to hug you." <laughs> I wanted to touch him so bad. <laughs> I knew he'd. I walked over there. He ended up flying off onto the neighbor's roof. But I just was like, "Yes, I got to see my owl." But I'm holding out because he needs to land on my railing, and he needs to let me approach him and touch him. So, <laughs> yeah, there we go. They like mice and stuff, right? <laughs> Snakes, mice. <clears throat> Does anybody else want to share of a God encounter that changed you, even if it's been a long time? If you want, it's no pressure. Yeah, I know that for me, there's been lots of different things God's done um, over the years to help me to enter his presence faster. In other words, he's trained my senses to sense him quickly, where maybe in years ago, it would take me longer to worship and lots of coffee or whatever, and then <clears throat> pray or whatever. I don't know. There's just... And now I, all I need to do is just, <clears throat> I mean, I can sit, sit in the car. I can, yeah, just, and I think what it is, it's 
I don't know what part of who you are does this, but it's the part of you that leans in. There's a part of you that, that yields, like yield yourself. Because heaven is not far, heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is right here, it's all around us. So if it's not up or down or, or you know, if it's not in a certain location, it's just a realm, a, a, a dimension that you and I can access, then, then the, the more we discover how easy it is to step in, the quicker we can get to, to business, really. I mean, that's, for me, that's part of what it, not, it's not all business with God. You know, I, I just want to be in his presence. That's probably 99% of what I do is just enjoying. And I forget about the needs, the prayer requests and things to pray for. But in his presence, as we, as we learn how to just lean in, step in, you know, one of the wonderful things about a church, as small as it might be right now, but as a core of people that are really catching, have already caught, but are catching and, and being renewed in, in this whole thing of the presence of God in you and on your life, is that as we come together in corporate gatherings, we are each like a floodgate. And the, <clears throat> the presence of God being released in our gathering won't depend on one person or two people. You carry the presence. We all carry the presence. We all get to be the ones that bring the ark into the room. And so just keep that in mind when we begin to worship. If just, re, re, I'm going to stutter. Recognize, realize the value and importance of your place in, in the gathering. If it's just one person bringing the presence, how weak is that? I mean, it's not weak. You know, God is powerful just in one. But imagine as each of us get that revelation of who you have in you and how you are so important because you add to. Even if you're not preaching, just your presence, as Val was saying earlier, shifting the atmosphere in your, in your workplace or in your neighborhood or, or think about it in this room. Think about it when new people walk in the door for their first time and we are just like all aware of his presence coming out of you and me individually. Or when someone comes in and we have an opportunity to pray for them, I think we might get someone stepping in. No, maybe not. I see the shadow out there. Um, <clears throat> imagine when we get a victim in the prayer chair, <laughs> we put the chair here and... We're, and and, and it doesn't have to be Pastor Scott doing all the praying or Tammy. It's Pastor Barbara, Pastor Pam, Pastor Jill, Pastor Cheryl, Pastor Isabel. If I said Bell, it would sound like I said Pastor Bill. So Pastor <laughs> Isabel, Pastor Oscar and Nora, Pastor Nora, Pastor Judy and Pastor Val. Pastor is not a title. It's an anointing. And you all, we all can be pastoral. We all can be ministers, shepherding. Whether you pastor just you, just you and Jesus, you and the Father, you and Holy Spirit, if you're just pastoring you, that's the beginning. Then whoever else he's adding into your sphere might be that little neighbor kid 
that needs prayer. It might be that coworker that needs Jesus in their life, but they don't have him. But guess who they do have? Jesus in the body of Judy. Giving me a sample at Costco. <clears throat> I think that's the beauty of the church is because we are all individuals, we all minister differently, and we all get to be who we are, who he's created us to be. And it isn't just about one or two people, but it's about a team of people. It's about the whole body just ministering to each other because different gifts are going to come out and minister differently. And I just think that's beautiful. Like, I love that because people will get bored with one or two people. Yes. <laughs> I had to be bored. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> so I think that's, that's why we want to create a place where there's freedom and safety for people to step out into their gifts and yeah maybe there might be a time where we have to be like eh, don't do it quite that way or whatever but um it's not out of because we want to be controlling but it's out of love for the people and and i think that like with barbara and whoever else when we hear these testimonies from you guys saying this is the revelation i've been getting since i've been here or I mean, that, for us, we go home so lit up, and we're like, we're never quitting. <laughs> like, this is amazing. Like, and it doesn't matter how small our group is. Like, this is why we do this. This is why we gather. You know, we want to hear your guys' testimonies and hear what God's doing. And, like, for us, that's like, we just, yeah. We're like, that's it. That's, you know, we love that. before. I believe that you're raising up, not just keeping in, okay? Raising up people with different, different giftings, giftings. Um, so you're not here by accident. You're here on purpose, and it's God's purpose for your life. And a lot of times, he brings in the insecure that think that, you oh, know, I, I can't do anything but you have a wonderful gifting in you that God is drawing out. He's drawing out and this anointing in this ministry will help draw that out so you will step out into your gifting. And what my gifting is not necessarily your gifting. We're all unique and we do things in our own personality. God chooses us because we all have different personalities and he's going to use us in that way. We're not going to be robots all copying each other. That, that won't work because that's us pushing ourselves to be like something that we are not. But all these giftings that includes laying hands on the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead, that is happening, and that will continue to happen, and that is what God is doing. He said, insecure church, come out now. Come out from among them and do the works that I've told you to do. And like your testimony is so wonderful because that's the first step, is not being so insecure about yourself, like, ah, I'm, you know, 
there's something about me that's, you know, not right and things like No, no, no. When you're born again, you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. He said, all things are passed away. That's forgotten. I'm going to heal you now, and you're going to come out and be my own, and you're going to do what I lead you to do. So, you know, these women are powerful, and, you know, the, you guys just got to know that. I mean, really. I, I have been in a cave with the Lord all this time, and he has done that. He's, he's, he has been molding me. He has been teaching me. He has been stripping me. And uh, I feel, okay, Lord, because I was very insecure, even in my gifting. They, they see me operate in the gifting. But now I know who I am in Christ Jesus, and he's going to use me even in my own personality. And uh, whatever I have to give that he gave me, I'm going to give it. So, you know, we're all here for each other. And I think, uh, I think a good thing to do is to pray for everyone that has that gifting to be brought out. Because we're going to do it now. It's not like next year. It's, it's happening now. The spirit of the Lord is in this place. And that gifting that you have, Pam needs to be brought out and used. And then not only that, it needs to manifest. We need to start manifesting. The devil manifests all the time. But we need to start manifesting God's <laughs> gifting, right? We need to start manifesting Jesus. I mean, I, I have been going out and uh, praying for the homeless. And they get healed. See, God put me in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't because I was like very insecure, really. I was. Even in the, the power would come on and I would start operating, but after it's done, I go, look, I don't want to do this no more. I used to do that. Yeah, I just like, no, I don't want them to depend on me, you know, and stuff like that, which was a selfish thing because God says, I want to use you. You get out there and you do what I say. And sometimes it's with a whole bunch of trembling and, you know, it's like, oh, really? I will always be afraid, always be afraid to prophesy. But I have to do it because then I'd be miserable if I didn't listen to him. And so don't be afraid, you know. Uh, don't think that, don't let the devil get in and say, oh, you're so prideful. No, no, no. You shut up and get out of here in the name of Jesus because God says he's using me for this purpose. And, and when things start happening, the devil gets very shaken. I mean, people get healed, people get delivered, and that is what's happening in this ministry coming now. I'm saying coming now because, you, got, you, you I mean, we only have a little bit of people here, but it doesn't matter. He's going to be talking to you. He's going to be talking to you in your sleep. He's going to bring out those gifts, and he's going to tell you, you know what you have. You know what you have. You two are going to be ministering to women. You two. You are. You have, you have a past that you know how to use that gift to minister to women. And, and a lot of women are going to be set free, young and old. They're, 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 we, need, we need women ministries here. We do. In, I'm talking to uh, Jill and Barbara, those two. I just see them. They, that specific thing is that you're going to work with women. Women are going to come in. They're going to be hurt. They're going to be wounded. And you're going to use your gifting to set them free.
I see that. I see you too. Woo! <laughs> and with, you know, we only have women now, so, you know, more's coming. More's. Because <laughs> I don't want to no, no, no. hear that stuff. I just as she's talking, I just really felt like God was saying that. <clears throat> Let me just quiet myself for a second here. I feel like he's he's saying he needs he needs his his daughters who are who are walking and healing to to rise up in what Val's talking about right now because he has daughters all over the place that are so wounded. I'm not writing off the men and sons, but I know that there are women everywhere who are broken and wounded and crushed because they didn't have the protectors, they didn't have the faithful men, the brothers, yeah, that would honor and speak life and and protect. Instead, they, they broke them. And they're everywhere. I feel like it's a like a garden. I'm just seeing like a garden full of kind of like a like a Mount Vernon area where all the tulips come up and there's just this ocean of, of flowers but they're just like the women that God sees all over the place and, and so many are their, their stems are broken and their petals are knocked off and he wants to, to release you healthy spirit filled daughters of God to, to go among them and to prop them up and release that healing life into them and then they will come alive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, just because I specifically zo you know, zoned in on you two is because that's what the Lord showed me. It doesn't mean that every, you know, everyone else. But it's like you, you, you're going to be the leaders in the group. You're going to. And, and yes, you are a leader. You are. Holy Spirit said he teach you. He will teach you. He'll, you, you listen to him, and he will uh, speak to you and tell you exactly what that person needs. You just start off to pray first. You may not hear anything yet, but you start to pray, and the words will come. And healing will come. Healing will come. Because he said you, we need to just step out, you see. Step out and do it. And you will hear the Holy Spirit, you know, when I call me again. And you know, I, I know, I know Pam. You know, you, you. I mean, you, you've got this energy. You have this energy that is is going to be so phenomenal because you don't think of yourself as a phenomenal person, but God does. And uh, you have you have a past that entails speaking to 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 diseases and people are going to get healed, totally healed. But come out, he said, come out, bring it out, and don't doubt if they don't get healed right then, it doesn't matter. You say, God, this is your deal. You told me to do it, I'm gonna do it, and I'm laying it all on you, and that's what he wants us to do anyway. We lay everything on him and say, God, you gotta do this. And not only that, this is the big thing, he said, I want you to call and ask for my compassion. 
because that is the big key. You have a compassion for people when you see people and you see them hurting, you know? And he uses that compassion to heal and set free. You know, cancer's, cancer's gonna come out in different ways. They may shrivel up and die, or they might pop out body. It just depends what type of tech cancer that is. But I see that. I see you calling it out. I see you laying hands on these certain, certain diseases, you know. God sometimes uses us for certain things and certain diseases. I mean, this is God. That's not me. You know, he's saying that. But, you, you, you know, he's going to use you in that way. And it's going to be immediate. It's up to us to do it. Step out. Do it. Do it. Do we really believe God is God? Then do it. <laughs> that's what he said. Just go do it. I'm the one that's doing the work anyway, he says. We are just his instruments that he enjoys seeing doing it. <laughs> and he enjoys it because we're being obedient, you know. And he called us. And so, uh, you know, like, I, I just love that testimony. I just can't, because we've all been in that place of insecurity. I've been there. I didn't have a, a good husband before. I, I didn't have a dad around. I didn't have all that. And it took a long, long time. I'm 67 years old, and I'm only now just getting it. <laughs> I'm only now just getting it. That Father God, I, like you said, push him away. You know, that's an unhealthy fear of God. Our fear is the reverence of the Lord, knowing that, you know, this is my dad. He's going to do everything that, he, that, he, that we ask him. He, he wants to listen. He wants to hear us sing to him. He, wants to, he, wants, he just wants us to be in that habitation, sitting on his lap, talking to him. You know, when I'm scrubbing the toilet, he's talking to me. He's giving me revelation. <laughs> he's like, he's doing it while I'm scrubbing the toilet all the time. And so uh, <laughs> he does it. So, you know, that's just part of it. But it's so enjoyable. When you hear our father's voice and he's talking to you, in a way that you never thought God would do. Yes, he's high and lifted up, but he's also, he's also intimate, you know? And he talks to you and he tells you things that's funny, you know, when we have that, and I just only now got it. I'm old, but yet now I'm young in the Lord because I just now got it. And, it, and it's, it's exciting, and so, you know, I don't mean, mean to take up, but so, ex you know when you're excited in the Lord, you just have to tell his goodness and, and because you, you want it to be contagious. You want everybody to get it. Everybody works together. Everybody, you know, that's the compassion of the Lord. And I just, I, I praise the Lord for this ministry. I pray for this ministry. You know, Lord had to walk me out of here because that's when I had to go in my cave. You know, a lot of times people don't understand my gifting. And they won't understand yours either, but that's okay. That's okay. God does. He told you what to do. Don't listen to what guys or men say that you can't do. Don't, don't do that. When God says, I called you to do this, and you go ahead and do it, he'll take care of that. You know, He'll take care of that. He always did. I've been brought up in a religious thing, and he had to strip me. He said, I want you to forget everything you've been taught. This is what the Lord said. Whoa. What are I going to learn? Then I'm going to teach you. And uh, so it's been a long road, but, you know, it's still learning. This is really good, guys, gals. 
guy. And you are, also, you're in the back of me. I can't see you, but I can, I can feel you. <laughs> and Lord has giftings for you, too. I can feel you. Yep, you're going to be part of that group of women. Uh, a lot of women are on the brink of suicide. And you have that gifting in you God gave you because you can relate, okay? You can relate to that type of thing. I don't know because I don't know you, uh, but that's what he said. You can relate, and he will let you relate. He will give you a compassion for these hurting women that just want to just give up. So you have that too? Watch and see. I feel like um, what you're highlighting, uh, what's been highlighted in your your sermon that you passed on to us and that we're, the Holy Spirit is on this conversation. This isn't just chit-chat. He's on this, and the truth is coming through right now. And I feel like, you know, when Jesus said, pick up your cross, which is an instrument of death, pick up your cross daily and follow me, you know, as followers of, of him, the cross that I feel like he's wanting us to pick up, and which means uh, bringing some death to something, would be this this thing of um, oh I had the word and I just forgot what it was. It's uh, not disqualification, but what was it? It was self something. It was around insecurity. Um, it was actually more in the positive sense that 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 we need to crucify the worry of of um yeah kind of like self promotion yeah or just yeah just just he wants self confidence that's part of it yep we just need to not it's not that that needs to die it's actually the the thing that dis, that tries to rob you of your confidence rob you of your security false humility false humility thank you lord he wants you and me to crucify false humility because we think that we're being humble by dismissing ourselves from being important but there is not one person in this room that is insignificant in the kingdom and as val was calling out you each have gifts that he wants to bring to the surface and now is the time he wants to bring it to the surface and, and that you would be activated in your gifting, that you would be moving with him, <clears throat> not with any any sense of whatever that word was that I just forgot again. <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> what was it again? <laughs> See, even you guys can't remember. False humility. Yeah. That, that, that we wouldn't allow false humility false humility in other words don't don't bring humility don't try to humble yourself in areas where God is not saying to humble yourself if he says you are a daughter a royal daughter John 1 12 those who believe in him those who received him and who believed in his name he gave exousia that is royal or regal authority he has given you royal authority. 
Think of yourself as a queen on the throne, delegating the authority that has been bestowed upon you. And if you drop your authority off because, well, I want to be humble, that's false humility. That is the thing that's going to kill what God wants to do in and through you and me. False humility. It, it is time for us to rise up in Christ and stand upon the rock. We know who we are. We know, we know the junk, and we don't need to. He's dealt with that. His blood has covered you and me. As Val was reminding us, you and me, you and I, are new creations in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come. You are a new creature in Christ. You are a representative of God. You represent him everywhere you go. Yeah, we want to get rid of the stuff that, that screws that up. We want to get rid of the stuff that causes the Gentiles to blaspheme God, as Romans, as Paul said in Romans. You know, the, the Gentiles, the non-believers, blaspheme God because of hypocrisy. So yeah, we want to kill the stuff that brings, that discredits God because we are his representatives. We want to we wanna get rid of the, the dual living, the, the hypocrite living, walking on the fence, one foot in the world and one fit in the, foot in the kingdom. We do want to get rid of that. That's the stuff that needs to die. But false humility is when we try to kill the good stuff of the kingdom, of the stuff of power and of, of strength and authority, walking with him that he has delegated to you and me to walk in. We write ourselves off so quick. We disqualify ourselves so quick when he's already covered us and paid the price. Yeah. We actually disqualify ourselves when we are so focused on the stuff that he needs to take care of instead of on him and what he's doing in us. Because if we're focused on that, we're not focused on, on what he's doing in us. And we can't move forward. We're just stuck. I think that false humility is actually a form of a rather large ego that that you you are taking credit and just kind of going ah shucks but all glory goes to God and if you can work in that communication that communion with God the other stuff is just just falls away but it's really is ego that's getting in your way just another form there are a lot of sneaky forms of ego that the dark one likes to play on. Ooh, I love this. I agree totally with what Val said as far as now is the time. You know, we, we've been talking about all this. We've been praying about all this. And everywhere you read, we're supposed to be doing it. And I, I don't understand why that's not happening. Now, true, some of us have to get a little more ready than others. But uh, also, the Lord's kind of been putting on my heart yesterday and today about the unity of this body that the unity is so important to see what we're wanting to see. And um, nothing, we shouldn't let anything, offenses or anything, come in, um, 
to bring division. It has to be nipped in the bud immediately. And uh, also, I have a little word for you, Scott. <laughs> it's not. You're not going to like it. <laughs> it's not a word from the Lord. It's just, you know, when we were at prayer the other night, um, and you were saying, well, we all worship differently. You know, we have our own ways of worshiping. Um, what does Psalms 100 say? Do you know? Yeah. Or look at your Bible and see. N not a hundred, is it? I don't know. It depends on the rest of it. Is that it? Oh. I can't hear her. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues for all generations. That might not be the one. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Okay, I shout for joy to the Lord, worship the Lord with gladness. Yes. Yes. Is that the same one? Shout to the Lord with joy and gladness. The reason I feel so strongly about that kind of thing is because it takes us out of our comfort zone. It's, I mean, it really took a lot for me just to raise my hands when I first started. And look at me now. It's really... <laughs> but I think it's fine, you know, when you're actually worshiping, you know, when you've got that soaking kind of thing going on, to be nice and quiet and, and all. But we're to enter his courts with thanksgiving or his uh, gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And every place you read in the Bible, praise is loud. It's joyous. People are up and, you know, shouting. And, and so to me, what would happen if we all did that? Maybe Jesus would show up. <laughs> Who knows? But, I mean, that's not, I mean, you can do whatever you want. I'm, I'm just thinking, sometimes God tells us to do certain things because to get us out of our comfort zone, because it takes us to the next step, and then the next step that we might not be comfortable with until we're where God wants us. And were you talking to me about being <laughs> the humility. Oh, false humility. Yeah. That's for that's for all of us. 
He knows I hate to pray out loud. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the funny thing. Is, but, yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, no, let me and just, I want to add on to that. So I, I hear what you're saying, and I totally agree. In fact, it it is a thing inside of me that I, it's not a grief, but it's a thing that I, I long for when we're having corporate worship and people don't worship, or at least in my mind. In my, and I don't watch everybody, but what I, when I do a little bit of, you know, I have eyes, I can see what's going on in the room. And when it looks like people aren't, some people don't worship, I, I, what the part of me that kind of grieves is the part of me that knows that God wants to just totally rock their world and, and touch them in a stronger way that once they taste of how real and good he is, that they will want to express their worship. I think for, for me, on our conversation, like on the other night, it was more about um, the, the issue of the volume, you know, and, and I, I know that some people have a stronger vocal volume than others, but that's, for me, that's what it all comes down to. But I know that we are all called to make a joyful noise, that we should lift our hands, clap, we should shout to the Lord. Um, and then there's a time to, to be still and know that I am Lord. So I think it's it's all a matter of knowing what you're free to do and what the Word of God is, is instructing us to do and following the Holy Spirit in and out of all of those different instructions. Because some of the instructions are one thing and another instruction is another. And just to know what, what the right setting is. And when the setting is right to be to make a raucous noise, you know, to really uh, roar before the Lord, to break off all, all fear, all self, uh, whatever, self-consciousness, all of that stuff. Yeah, I grabbed flags tonight and I flagged over there. I felt a little freedom. You were raising your hands tonight, so don't tell me you don't raise your hands. Everyone in this room had hands raised tonight. That's what the shower's for. Just going back to what Val said about compassion, um, I got this prayer from Kat, and every morning she... Um, when she first, when she pops her eyes open, she goes, thank you, Lord. I ask for and receive for grace for this day. And then I add um, 
and love for others. And because <laughs> in my past, it's um, I do, haven't always had that. And um, so in order to get that, I guess we have to ask for it. <laughs> and um, the other thing I wanted to say is that um, there was, I heard one of the, um, from the Elijah list, I think it was one of the prophets that was saying, we were born just like Esther for such a time as this. But seriously, if we stop and think about God put us in this particular time and place, and, and he, they also said that we are going to see things that we have never, that none of the other things in history or, you know, the, the big moments in history has never seen before. We are in such a time that is just going to be amazing. This is 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. Our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. Mm, that's good. Oh, that reminds me. So I, feel, I felt like when you were sharing and that thing about false humility, kind of not looking at you. <coughs> you better deal with that false humility. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Would, I would never do that to anyone in this church. I don't call anyone out and call out anything that I think. If if I did think that there was something that I, sh Holy Spirit is telling me I should address, I would go to you privately and never embarrass anyone in this place, <clears throat> except for my kids. <laughs> Oscar. <laughs> um, so false humility, because that's one of those things that, that takes us from who we really are and robs us of that authority because we believe a lie about ourselves. And someone else was saying it tonight, but it, and you just read it out of that scripture <clears throat> is about love. Walking, like being rooted and established in love. Think of yourself as a plant in a hydroponic system. Your roots are in that liquid. We need to be rooted in love. Like we need that liquid love of God to just constantly be our motivation, our nourishment about for ourselves, loving ourselves and seeing ourselves the way he does and loving others. Chris Valentin, the prophet of the House of Bethel, whose curriculum we're going to use, people have really struggled with this when he says this, but he says it anyway because he can. Um, and people either like it or... or you know, don't listen to him anymore. But he, he said, 
you know, the Bible tells us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't love yourself in a healthy way, how can you love your neighbor as yourself? If you think you're just a dirt ball that God barely tolerates because of Jesus, and if it wasn't for Jesus, he would just like, you know, smash you like a bug. That, and, and thinking that way removes your understanding of the fact that God loved you before you came to Christ, that God so loved the world that he sent his only son. So the love for you and I was there before Jesus came, before Jesus was sent. The reality is the full extent of his love was when he laid down his life for us. So love. <laughs> your neighbor, there we go, as yourself. Well, you know, in traffic, in traffic, you can't see them. In traffic, you're just, no, in, in traffic, you're just cussing out the car. There's not a real person. It's not a real person driving it. It's just a car. So a testimony that I had seen, does everyone know who Sean Foyt is? The, he's been the worship leader. He's been going around doing uh, nights or doing worship. Yes, and he was in Seattle. So um, we didn't. Yeah, he was in Seattle too. But um, no, me either. <clears throat> yep, exactly. And so um, a little example of love and shifting the atmosphere. Um, there was a lot of attack from BLN and Antifa. And one of the Antifa guys gave his life to Christ. So, so even though these guys, we get really irritated and on the verge of really not liking them deeply, um, <laughs> we need to really just lift these guys up in prayer because I think so many times they're, I think, obviously they have blinders on and they're getting so duped by all their friends and what they're seeing in the media. Yeah, that... I don't think they fully um, understand what they're doing. I think there's just so, there's this, you know, when you get really angry, when you are angry, sometimes you open a door. And so I think these guys really do just get blinded. And I don't think a lot of times that they're realizing the effect that they have on people. So, exactly, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So just remember that in shifting atmospheres that, you know, in that atmosphere of worship, there's been so many times when people have tried attacking them. And one guy, it was last year or the year before when they started this, he brought a drum trying to be really disruptive. And in the process of banging on his drum, he couldn't do anything but hit the drum, keep a <laughs> rhythm to the worship, and it just made him mad. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> he, he did a little short video of, look at these crazy people. I'm trying to disrupt them, and they're, they just get happier every time I try and disrupt them. So it's that whole atmosphere shifting that's happening, and, and these guys are coming to Christ. So a lot of good stuff's happening there. Yeah. I don't know if you guys who did the class uh, read the part in, I think it was in the manual, <clears throat> it said, uh, Bill was talking about how there was a guy he knew in another city 
who sent, they would send teams to go out and intercede and minister. And they realized that when they kept half of the people in the building worshiping and sent the other team out, as worship was taking place, their effectiveness was even greater. So there's something about when we worship, we can never think of it as oh, just the song time. We'll just, you know, skip the song time and show up for the teaching or whatever. So we actually had that happen when we were in Barahona, when we went on our Dominican missions trip. It was the first time that Mike Silva had ever had a prayer team go with him. It was always just him and his team of people that would go out. They minister to the kids. They go to the schools, churches. And that year, he said, ask Galen, please put together a, a team of, of intercessors and um, bring them. I want th this to happen. So that was the first time. And we all stayed back during the day while they were out doing their stuff. And the report that came back later was one of the pastors, he was ready to give up. He was full of cancer. We had prayed for him. Or Teresa had prayed for him. I don't know if we actually did, but um, he went back home ready to give up because the doctor said there's no more hope. He got home and they couldn't find the cancer. He was completely healed. Um, it was the first time they were able to get um, military leaders, the head of their police, um, together in one room and a lot of those guys um, gave their lives to Christ because of, because of that. And he said, I, he said, this year was so different because you guys were here. And he's like, I don't know that I ever want to travel without an <laughs> intercessory team ever again. We felt like we are on vacation because we're at this beautiful place and we weren't going out with, we had the choice to go out with people, but we were like, Galen's like, no, I kind of just want everyone to stay back and just pray for what's happening in the city. And I mean, when we would get escorted around, the police were very kind to us. And we asked the locals, like, are they like this with everyone? They said, no, just you guys. <laughs> and so they like really protected us. And um, we were like, really, th we were like, thank you, thank you, thank you all the time to them. But um, so that the whole thing with Bill, that just made me think of when we were in Barahona and having, we were able to help shift that atmosphere and they were able to all come together. and. And, and, oh, and then they were invited on a radio station, too, and it was broadcasted everywhere. And there was just a lot of really great stuff that had happened that Mike said, we, in all the years, and he's been doing ministry for years, and he said this is the first time any of this ever happened. It was amazing. So. The ladies would want to go on a cruise. It's their style. Yeah. You never know. Mr. Wright might be on that boat. <laughs> well, they would be there too. But, but you're women of God. You know how to distinguish the two. You know, just a final word probably should have a final word because it's probably getting late. Cheryl, I'm surprised you're still here, but she's like, I drive all the way back to Lakewood. It's not Lakewood, it's because I forget what it's actually called. Puyallup, okay. Just got to get all the way to Pew, Puyallup. But hey, just, you know, that's another one of our our desires, and that's why we were so happy to have you show up on Thursday nights because it was just going to be Tammy and I 
praying for what we want because you have not because you asked not so we were like well we need to pray and then Jill joined us and then Barbara and Jean and you know, now you started coming and mama over here has been showing up occasionally when she can't when she can get her butt up off the couch <coughs> after working all day <coughs> I'll cut that part out of the recording by the way <coughs> I can talk that way it's my mother in law that's Tammy's mama Anyway, we, we place a high value on prayer coverage, intercessory prayer. And I think as, as things move forward and new people come in, it just all the more, you know, we just need to bathe everything we do in prayer. So it's a late hour. Do you guys, anything else anyone wants to throw in? Because if not, we'll just pray and say amen. Amen. Yeah, this was really fun. And we need to appreciate days like this because when this church has 100 people, 200 people, I'll just say when, if we can't have an inter, or you can't do an interactive. Yeah, our small gatherings, yeah. You know, a lot of churches, as they grow, they have community groups, you know, small groups that meet because you really do need more intimate smaller groups. You can't have a big church and never have intimate gatherings or or you'll never be known. You'll just, some people like that because they can just go and not be really known and take part in the glory and enjoy the presence. And then they just fade out of the background. Glory. Yeah, glory thieves. I like that. <laughs> glory thieves. And then as they're walking out the door, we say, don't let the door, we say, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. You haven't heard that one yet. That was, yeah, Michael Proctor, you get the kudos for that one. Awesome. Who wants to pray for us? <laughs> All right, that's me. Oh, Father, we just thank you for tonight. God, we just thank you for this time together and, and um, the interaction and just opening our hearts with each other. God, we just love you. We just thank you. We know that, God, you've got our backs. And, Father... Uh, just as we go throughout the week, God, just remind us to quickly just get in your presence. And, uh, yeah, we just, we love you, Father. We just love you so much. We just, we thank you that we get to come together and worship you, Father. That will always come first, Father. We thank you for our building. God, we thank you for, yeah, we thank you for the air conditioning. <laughs> and we thank you, we thank you for Dr. Kessler, who's been so kind and generous to us. God, just bless him. Bless him tonight, Father, God. And, and God, whatever he does, Father, God, just bless him, God. We just thank you. We thank you, and we just, we pray uh, for uh supernatural advancement for all these businesses god we just pray that you just bless these businesses in the complex father god we you've done it with uh cat scrappiness god we thank you that she was able to get that place and god we just just everyone god just bless them this week father bless the people here father those listening god just bless them father uh, just show yourself in their lives this week father we just praise you and God, I do want to lift up um, Haiti right now, Father, to all the people that have lost their homes. God, there's a lot of people there that are 
ministers and that um, their homes have collapsed and the streets have flooded because of broken pipes and people are running scared, Father. God, just comfort their hearts tonight, God. Comfort their hearts, God. And God, we just pray um, as teams of people go in to help them, Father God, that you'd give them wisdom, God, give them supernatural help. God, send your angels in there. God, and we just... We just pray a blessing over the Haitians tonight, Father. God, you love them so much, and they've had so much disaster and, and sickness come on them, Father. God, just rescue that place, Father. God, show your favor. We ask for your mighty favor in that place, Father. God, we pr I want to pray specifically for Mark and Lisa Honorat, Father God, as they go in with Haiti Arise, God, and their teams. God, give them protection and wisdom, Father. God, give them the finances they need to help their people, Father. God, to restore homes and, and whatever else that they need, Father. Food and water, God. God, just the very basic stuff. God, just bless them tonight. Yes, and, and God, we just, we thank you, Father. We thank you, God, that your hand has moved so mightily in that place. God, in all the uproar and all that it's been happening there, Father. God, we just thank you. Thank you for your protection. And God, yeah, just make a way, Father, for everything they need. God, provide their needs. Just help them to feel your tangible presence tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. Can we pray for Afghanistan? Yes, yes. You want to lead in it? Um, you want to? Or? I can do it, sure, yeah. So, Father, we just pray for um, the troops that are going back into Afghanistan, Father God, that you would just protect them, send your mighty angels around them, put a hedge of protection around them and the families that are left there, Father. There's a family that we don't know them, but we know of them. They've got a, a little child, Father. God, just send protection around the Americans and the Afghan women, Father God. God, I pray that you would just take down the Taliban, Father God, that you would just strike them down, God, that they would not advance, that the weapons that they've stolen, that they would actually not be able to use, that they would, they would not function, that there'd be malfunctions in it, Father. And God, we just pray um, protection over that place, God, over the borders, Father. God, just send, send your people in, God, and help the people that are going in there, the military, God, to rise up, to stand up, and to not put up with anything, Father God. God, just protect them right now in your name, God. God, I just see this big blue hedge of protection around them, God, as they go in. God, around the women and the children in our military, Father. God, we just tear it down tonight, Father. Tear it down, God. We just ask that you would you send your angel armies in, Father, God, that, that you would just bind their hands, bind their mouths, God. God, I pray that you would just take them down. Take them down right now in Jesus' name. We just lift them up, Father. We lift them up. God, help them to feel protected, Father God. God, I just pray that even if the administration is not sending them in the proper way, God, that they would just gather together and do what they know they need to do, Father God, and ignore what's being told to them, Father. God, give them wisdom, God. Give them wisdom. Give them resources, God, to help. God, I pray that as the Taliban may be going through these cities, God, that you would blind them, that they would not see that 
they would not see the women, they would not see the children, they would not see the military, Father, the Americans that are left behind, Father God. I pray a great protection, God, that they would be blinded, they'd be blinded, and that their hands wouldn't work because they can't use the the ammunition and stuff that they found there, Father, that they would lose it, that it would just be gone. God, you can remove that stuff and you can keep them from doing what they do best, which is evil. So, Father, we just bind them tonight, God. Just tie them up, God, like duct tape. Just tie, the, tie them up, Father, and just bind them in chains, Father God. And God, I pray that some of them actually would come to know you, God, that you would take the blinders off, just like with Paul, God, when, before he became Paul, God, that you blind them, and then you'd open their eyes to who you are, Father. So, God, we just pray for their salvation, God, and if they just refused to come to you, Father, God, that you would deal with them, Father God, in the way you do. God, we just, we thank you. We know you've got, um, that your protection is there, Father. I can just see it now. I can see your protection in that place, Father God, that it's going to be miraculous, and it's going to speak. It's going to speak volumes, and the Taliban will run the other way. They'll run with the tail, their tails between their legs, Father, and they'll run not knowing what it is that they won't, they may not even recognize that it's you, Father, but they will run. They will run away. God, just turn them into little yappy dogs that run away <laughs> in your name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Father, I actually pray that the, the Afghan men, God, would find these weapons that the Taliban had and God used them to their advantage to protect their, their families, to pr protect their cities. God, just give them divine intervention tonight, Father. Divine intervention. Yeah, yeah, yes, Father. Yes, we praise you. Give, yeah, give them courage, Father. Yes, yes, Father. Yes, Father. Yes,
Everton and make a difference in Afghanistan. Yes. Thank you that this just little church can see mighty works done throughout the world. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. 